I felt like I had to, I had to know it all right away. And that's, that's not the case. You know, that's, that's why there's underwriters. That's why they're, you know, yeah. Like Ron said, a lot of self-imposed pressure, um, <laughs> because you, you don't want to screw up. You want to do this right. Your, your intentions, um, are to, again, take care of someone else's stuff as if it was your own. Hey, I'm Scott Robbins, and that guy right over there is... Ron Hoyle. And we're here to talk to you a little bit about finance, about faith, about family. These are kind of the things we all wrap together. So join us uh, coming up right now on In Between the Niches with Scott Robbins and Ron Hoyle, sponsored by Integrated Investment. Ron, Craig Collins here today. Let's talk a little bit about what we're doing here on In Between the Niches and the unique setup we have in a temporary space before we get to an official space. You and I are standing and sharing a microphone Hey, Ron, how are you doing today? Hey, doing great. Thanks, everybody, for turning in to another issue of In Between the Niches. Today's show is really kind of dynamic and unique. I had this really great idea, and then Craig says, nope, we're going to do it differently. And I said, absolutely. So who we have with us today is Gary Webster of Webster Insurance Solutions that talks about home and auto and liability. And some of you guys might think, oh, that's boring stuff. No, it's really not. And he's going to talk about some, some ways to protect yourself and how to make sure that you're covered correctly and some of the interesting stories that he gets into. Our other guest is Melissa Garrison, who actually works with children who have dyslexia. And as her and I were just, she just kindly corrected me and said, don't say disability. And she's absolutely right. Because a person that has dyslexia, I realize how great it is to have my mind work the way that it does. So if you have a child, you suspect your child or grandchild of maybe having a, a different way of learning and you're not sure what's going on, she is a great person to talk to as well. Once again, we're here at In Between the Niches. We're doing a kind of two-part episode here where part one will focus on one of our guests and in part two we'll focus on the other. But since the two of you have such a unique connection um, because you do business together, it made sense to kind of have this conversation as a two-parter with both of you here at the same time. So once again, welcome to both of you. But Gary, we'd like to focus a little bit more on your story this episode. So to start out, just tell us, who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Gary Webster and um, married, have six children. Um, I am an independent insurance agent. Um, just That just means I can uh, quote with multiple insurance companies instead of just one. Um, I've been doing that for three years now. Prior to that, uh, I worked in the manufacturing industry for 24 years and um, just knew God was... Uh, getting ready to make some changes and moving me. And so uh, we made the switch. And Gary, um, you, know, you and I worked together in the same office. And, you know, when we first started talking about this, you said, this is what I want to do. And I'm telling Gary, hey, this is a hard business. You know, there's a lot to go through, a lot to learn. But isn't it amazing how, how just like in the investment world, just like the insurance world, as you call home and auto insurance, it's a necessary evil. Yeah. Most people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to learn about it. They just want to pay their premiums. They want to complain about it. They want to move on. They hope everything's right. Only to find out if they would have spent just a little bit of time reviewing their policy and, and knowing what questions to ask, they can avoid themselves a lot of headaches. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, especially with home insurance, some of the things that I've found um, that uh, people can get hung up on or get caught in and not having enough coverage or um, maybe ending up in a... Um, where a situation where a claim doesn't pay what they thought it should have. Um, the first one would be uh, basements. Um, a lot of times people just assume that my house is built on top of the basement, that it should be all included, right? So uh, an example would be um, you just buy a home, right? 
the basement's not finished. But a year or two into the you living there, you you finish the basement, right? You maybe you put twenty five, thirty thousand dollars, and you finish this. It's finished nice. If you're not doing the appropriate reviews with your insurance agent um, and letting them know that you go away for the weekend, the float on your sump pump hangs up, all right, or your sump pump quits, and it happens to be, you know, we get. Uh, uh, a pretty good storm that weekend, you come home and you've got two inches of water in your newly finished basement. You call your agent. Your agent says, uh, you don't have coverage for that. And now you want to choke him because. <laughs> you uh, turned to physical violence right away, huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, good. Good to know. <laughs> so that's, that's some of the scenarios. Um, some of the training I did here a while back, that was one of the most underpaid underinsured claims out there was basements. And that's, that is a, a, a scenario right there. Do you, you think it's a little bit because people can overlook something like that? And maybe some people that operate in the industry don't mind when, when someone looking into that kind of coverage overlooks something. Do you know what I mean by that? Yes. Um, you know, I think the insurance uh, industry has gotten away, you know, it used to be, if you're old enough, you remember your insurance agent coming out to your house with a clipboard and he'd walk around your house, he'd measure it, you know, and you would do those kinds of things. Well, with technology and those kinds of things today, I think there is some disconnect there because I can look your address up on the internet and I can zoom in on your home. I can measure your square footage, you know, for your house. And then, you know, um, so there is some disconnect there, I believe in, you know, uh, the conversation and sharing that that kind of information with your agent. But even though the the technology is fantastic, you don't see what's inside the house. You don't see if there's a barn, what's inside the barn, or things like that. Right, because a lot of times, um, as as you said earlier, you know, a lot of people uh, insurance is a necessary evil. It's it's great when you need it, but most of us, you get your documents in the mail. You probably get your insurance cards out, shove them in the glove box, and the rest of it goes in a file. Yeah, around the phone can. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. And I and you know our other guest here today, don't you? Yes. And you take care of her insurance, don't you? Yep. Hey, Missy. Hello. I hope my basement's insured. <laughs> well, well, he's the guy. He should know. <laughs> it's true for so many people, I'm sure, that are listening to the show right now. If you're someone who's thought about this before, hey, I have these skills. I'm good at these sort of things. But I, I'm too afraid to jump across whatever boundary I, I see in front of me, whatever hurdle, and, and explore being on my own. Uh, what is that like as someone who's done that and come out the other side? Um, you know, it's, it's certainly not uh, uh, easy. You know, a lot of prayer, a lot of faith. And as a, as a Christian, you know that as God is guiding you and taking you through things, I knew it was going to be tough. And I knew, I mean, right. There, oh, there's yeah, pay yeah. cuts and the, all the stuff, sure. you know, all that goes with it. And, um, but the one thing I kept telling myself, I wasn't going to not do this because of fear. And so that was the thing I kind of clung to is, because God's going to take you through things that are going to challenge you, they're going to test your faith, and they're going to grow you. Yeah. And, and that was that was a lot of that for me, and and probably still going through some of that. 
you know. Well, and I, I wonder too, and I know Ron's mentioned this a lot. There's a lot of people in different industries that maybe don't have all the best intentions. And if you can see a way for you to better your industry a little bit by yeah. your approach to it. Uh, we all met today for coffee before we did the show. And one thing you mentioned to me that kind of surprised me is you've turned away business after you've looked at someone's portfolio and said, you know what, you're doing everything right. I, I have nothing to offer you. And as an entrepreneur, and I'm sure any entrepreneurs listening, that's a very challenging thing to say. You know what, I don't want to help you. I don't want to have another customer. How does, what did you do there? Can you tell me a little bit more about that story? Um, well, to really sum it up is I'm not much of a salesperson. <laughs> uh, you know, I, it's about doing what's right. Yeah. And, and I really do try to, when you're, when you sit down with somebody um, and you're going to look over their home insurance, of course, look, this isn't exciting stuff by any means, you know, but you have to put, if this was, you know, I have to look at it as, as if that was my house. And those are my automobiles. I want them covered correctly. You know, I don't know that I coined this phrase, probably not, but there's two kinds of insurance. There's correct and there's cheap. <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, I understand we all have budgets and we, we got to stay, you know, mm -hmm. and, and we want the cheapest premium we can, but you know, it only takes one accident and you are financially in a mess. Right. Yeah. If you do not have the right coverages and those kinds of things in place. And a lot of times people don't, you know, uh, the, the, the customer or the client, they don't, they don't see those things or maybe don't understand those things. Um, I know of, I know of one particular story I'm thinking about. Um, uh, driver was in an accident. It wasn't her fault. Insurance claims went through, then a civil lawsuit came after them. And they had to settle out of court. And they didn't have enough liability coverage on their auto insurance to take care of the settlement that was done out of court. Wow. And, you know, right. Not, yeah, not at fault, you know. And, and that's Ron off mic saying, even though they didn't cause the accident, by yeah. the way. <laughs> For anyone that didn't, you know, it's fine, Ron. You can, you can jump back in, but go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of aspects to that. I, um, a lot of times I, you know, you look at it as, is a lawsuit is kind of like a net, right? And when, when something happens, that net gets thrown out and your insurance needs to be that knife or those scissors that can cut you out of, out of that net and get you <laughs> untangled from it. You know, that's kind of how I look at it. So, uh, you know, so when, to answer your question, when someone comes to me and, you know, we review their coverages, if their coverages are correct. Hey, if you want us to be your agent, great, mm -hmm. but you're insured correctly. You don't have to change anything. You know, it's interesting the way you describe insurance as a net, um, because I'm curious, and this is to both of you, uh, it, it connects to me to the idea and tell me, you could both tell me this is a terrible, you know, <laughs> and out, like that's not even close, Greg, but the net for both of you when becoming entrepreneurs, when walking away from solid jobs, uh, years in certain industries was faith, right? So mm -hmm. the net in that situation, your insurance when moving into becoming an entrepreneur was your faith and your belief in what you were choosing to do. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And I want to cap off of what Gary said. He said he treats his, like it's his home or his automobile. I treat like it's my child when I sit down with the parents. And sometimes my, what my knowledge, my gifts are not going to help the child. I yeah. know that. And so I have to turn them away and say, 
here's somebody else that might work better for them, depending on all their needs. So it's, it's not always best for um, for me to work with them. And, and, and if I start working with them and then they don't do very well, then that kind of hurts me as well. So I want to make sure I find the right yep. person just like he wants to find the right policy for them, even that, even though that's not through me. Right. Let me ask you though: If you see someone as your kid, can you get mad at your kid? <laughs> oh, I get mad. I cry with all my students, and I get mad at them sometimes. And we get pretty close because we're with each other um, sometimes um, three to five years, which is a lot of years for a kid, um, and uh, several times a week. So yeah. How, I, what's it, the typical age? Um, well, my youngest student is uh, six, and my oldest student is 46. So, wow. yeah, it can even be in with adults as well. What's the longest duration you've spent with one student? Um, probably so far, probably five years. Okay. Uh, what's amazing to me is that, like what Gary said, it's not that you don't want a new client. It's not that you don't want to make revenue for your business, the same right. with you, but it's about the relationship. Right. And it's about how can I help you? I think so much today in today's I believe, I hope that people are listening to this. This is what they want. Be truthful and honest with me and care about me and care about my family. Forget about the money. Just forget about it. Just treat me like a human being. Be honest with me. But is, if you both can chime in a little bit with each other there, isn't it more about, for us, it's more about the relationship. You know, I am more concerned about our relationship. We're going to have 10 years down the road mm -hmm. than I am this dollar I'm making today because that dollar is going to go away. And if we have no relationship, we're not going to have any business down the road. So this is really not a business. Even though we're in business, we got to pay bills. We got to pay lots of insurances. Gary knows that. Um, but it's, it's about a relationship of taking care of people. Yep, absolutely. You know, and the other aspect for me is, you know, that biblical principle is you reap what you sow. You know, if, if, if you go around reaping the idea that I'm just here to make money, then that is what you're going to sow. Uh, you know, or when you sow that, that's what you're going to reap, you know, had that reversed. But, um, so all right, all right, wait a minute. Are you dyslexic? Yeah. Cause I say things backward all the time. Yeah, that, <laughs> you're, that's, that's why I'm with <laughs> Melissa today. <laughs> and another thing that we had mentioned earlier before we did the show today, um, is when you first start out in whatever industry you're in. And when you know, don't have the umbrella of a company anymore, you wind up in a conversation with someone who knows more about what you are supposed to be a professional on than you do. Mm -hmm. They're using all the abbreviations. They're using all these, you know, different terms that you're like, oh yeah, I know what you, tell me a little bit about what it's like to kind of fast forward and, and learn all that information that you feel like you should know. And maybe discovering that maybe the words themselves are not as important as understanding the concepts, right? Yep. Um, I think a lot of times, and everyone's different, but for me, um, you know, I felt like I had to, I had to know it all right away, you know, and that's, that's not the case. You know, that's, that's why there's underwriters. That's why there, you know, uh, for me, it was, it was learning what my role was, which is getting all the correct data, getting all the correct information and then presenting it and saying to that insurance company, here's what this is. Here's what this looks like. Here's what they're doing. You know, some, because sometimes that's some of the stuff too that gets missed, you know, babysitting in the home or or one of the one of the in-home businesses and those kinds of things. Um, making sure all that's acknowledged in your insurance policy. But um, yeah, like Ron said, you know, a lot of self-imposed pressure uh, <laughs> because you you know you don't want to screw up. You want to do this right. Your your intentions um, are to again take care of someone else's stuff as if it was your own and and, and you know, you, you, but learning how, learning what that looks like, learning what your role is. I think like Melissa was saying it, 
you um, it's you make it yours and you have to take care of it like that. And um, but it's you know there's putting getting people around you that are very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. So you know when you've got tough questions, you've got people you trust that you can ask. You just got to know where to get the information. Uh, I'm going to put you both on the spot now. I hope that's okay. I want to know, uh, how long have you both been in business? Uh, real quick. This will be my sixth year. Sixth year in business. Mm-hmm. And how Third. Long? Third year in business yeah. on your own. What is the biggest thing you regret? Or is there something you regret that you can maybe help others avoid uh, when developing a business? Is there something that you remember being significant there? Um, now you work with kids and do amazing things. So maybe you regret so, nothing and no, that's fine. No, no, no. I, I, I don't think... So much regret if I would, um, I think my biggest thing is I, you know, it takes way more time than you thought that it was going to take. Um, financially, it takes more money than you thought that it was going to take. Um, and I don't, and I think maybe I thought I was the exception for some reason and God showed me I wasn't, you know, so, um, that was the biggest thing. If I had to go back, maybe I would be, um, more prepared that way but yeah but my regret i kind of said i wish i could do this for free but (laughs) because i mean helping kids um that's an incredible thing to say by the way you're i i want to take classes and i don't have to let dyslexia i wish i could do it for free okay okay yeah let's do it yeah i mean that should be all our goal is right to help somebody else in this world so yeah yeah i'm i'm sorry i don't have a good answer no no that's a great answer okay all right do you have a thing that maybe you wish you had done differently um, you know, I, I guess I could say, uh, you know, I wish, you know, I wouldn't have doubted, you know, maybe as often as I did or be fearful as, as often as I did. Um, uh, but I don't know that there's any, any regrets or anything that I would have done differently. Um, I, again, and I think, you know, put your faith and trust in God and, and he, he'll, he'll guide your steps, you know? Yeah. Um, and a lot of times it's, it's, it's that one word. It's that fear that that makes a lot of. I mean, I where I came from, I worked with uh, a lot of smart people, a lot of talented people. You know, I wish I'd have kept a notebook of all the <laughs> ideas I had. You know, when I stood there for hours and hours running sure. machinery, and you know, um, some of them I'll still follow through with now. But um, it's fear. I mean, that's that's a thing that paralyzes people to keep them from taking that step. Well, and you actually and, use the word doubt, um, which to me is very interesting. Were there moments throughout where you hit a roadblock or something seemed like it wasn't going to work out in a way that you had hoped where that doubt creeps in and makes you feel like, you know, this is the point to get out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. And, and Because I, it, I do wonder, and this is something I felt is we're recording in a makeshift version of a studio that I have for my company uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you you always have to remember the end goal and not necessarily deal with the the bumps along the way, right? Yeah. And you know, was there anything was there anything any situation that created the doubt? No, I think most of it came with from within. You know, it was it was my perception of mm. the circumstance. It was um things that normally happen in that industry, you know but it was how I perceived it or it was how I responded to it, you know, which unfortunately sometimes you realize they're habitual Yeah, and you got to change it. 